0: Hello and welcome everyone to the third episode of International Artistic Development's podcast. In this episode, we are going to look at an artist's journey and the guest today is Paul Wheatley. I am your host, Matthew Hoffman. So Paul Wheatley is a um, so I haven't put this detail out yet. I kind of wanted to save it as a surprise. Paul Wheatley <laughs> is is actually my my cousin. We grew up. Um, we were uh, quite close as cousins. Eh? Very yeah, close, yeah. yeah. That was
1: it was it was so strange because like wait now, how did we not see each other in that time? It was and we even stayed in the same city. Like that was because I left Durban and came here. And like, oh
0: yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think. I always remembered you as this because I, I, I had friends that were into art, but like I, I still remember the one time where I think it was Shameli. Yes, you, you were there and they asked you to draw, um, to sketch Leonardo DiCaprio, and you did one. And, and it was like, <laughs> I, I never imagined like a pencil sketch could look exactly like an actual photograph. So, so that for me was impressive. So I always think of like the, the stuff you used to draw, because every time I did pop into Durban, you showed me as well. Yeah. But you've had quite a extensive journey um, and a lot of it, because as we got to a certain age, the visits and stuff, family-wise uh, kind of were less. Yes. And we didn't really see each other. And I didn't really see a lot of your development afterwards. Um so I think let's let's start with you telling us about your journey in art. So let's look at your your childhood. How did you get into it and what type of things did you really do? Okay, so as you know from from a
1: young age um I was I was always autistic, artistic but for some reason it it wasn't something that I actually thought, you know what? This is what I want to do. This is the, the passion of mine. That's all i want to do it wasn't even that it was just something that i was able to do like it came naturally i don't know what it was and yeah from i think like the the primary school days for me those were my my breakthrough years in art because for some strange reason i had no real memory like if i, if I actually look back and said wow back then i was a great artist Arts had nothing to do with my primary school years. I was sports, sports was all I wanted to do. I was going to be the next John T. Rhodes. Cricket was my life, and that's all that I did. I remember a friend saying to me, he's like, oh, like you draw so well. Are you going to be an artist when you grow up? And I'm an eight-year-old kid, and I'm like,
0: oh, no. Like, I'm seeing my idols on TV. I don't want to be that. You know, the funny thing is, uh when I was in primary school... I, because, I mean, I think I only got into music really at about 11, 12. Um, I was also a huge fan of John T. Rhodes and I used to love cricket there. And like now, I hate <laughs> I hate sports now. It's, it's, so, it's so weird. It's such a contrast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So as a, I, I this guy says to me, like, what do you want to be? Like, are you going to be an artist when you're big? And I'm like, no, like I'm going to be a sports star. That's what I'm going to do. And the funny thing about it was I was a prodigy when it came to cricket that was I was literally something else. I was the youngest captain for the over thirteen teams. I was like ten years old and then as again I say for me, I had a vision of my life set, but nothing ever was if if you had asked me back then nothing ever had to do with art, and that guy that him asking me that. Only now in my later years, I realized, like, whoa, that guy actually saw something that I didn't see. And, you know, so got to, I'd say, like, high school. High school is kind of where my biggest influences in art happened. Because in primary school, I won't even lie to you, I was not that good at, at drawing out of my head, if I can say that. Everything that we saw, we watched cartoons. It was Disney. We we were fortunate to grow up with like Our animation was literally those line drawing type of animation things. You know, nothing was really 3D like how it is now. So we got to literally see what we see on TV, the pictures that come in, whether it's magazines or the coloring books. That is what I got to literally have fun just duplicating and I duplicated and duplicated and... My thing with it was, I was always good at colouring them in. Um, that, for me, like, that set me apart from everyone. You could even draw a better picture than me. I would, by sure, surpass you just by colouring that thing in. So that set me apart already. And I got to high school. I'll never forget. A friend of mine, I I, I hadn't like actually met him at that time in, in high school. Yeah. A friend... Of a friend, basically stuck going to high school. There's different primary schools all merging into a high school, so this guy's name Sean Mayer. My friend Kyle says, "Hey, I want you to meet my friend. He also draws." So I'm like, "Okay, cool." And we set this meeting up, and we chill, say hi, and this guy shows me his drawing. Now me coming from that background of, "Oh, that guy can draw, and he's really good," to seeing him was. How on earth is he even doing this? He could literally draw a picture out of his head. For me, that was something that it it baffled my brains and like, he can do it without looking at something. I was coming from I look at something and I and, and short, I can do yeah. it yeah. and I can just make it like great with the colouring in and so what he would do was he would draw and I would colour it in. So we kind of developed like I think it must have been over over about a year where it was just him drawing, me colouring it in and it was great like, you know we, we actually made a little bit of a name for ourselves in high school because people needed posters done or something they always call us and at the same time this was happening this is when I kind of fell into the graffiti side of things like the street art was already grabbing my attention at this stage so I was like okay there's these big bold colors beautiful stuff and I'm going hard at that, but this guy's still edging me out, and this this <laughs> I have this this weird I don't have a I wouldn't say I'm like a bad sport, yeah, but I have this weird competition drive like if I'm doing something, I have to be better than you if you better than me, I'd never be like, oh, look at this guy like I'd never like bad mouth yeah, or anything. Yeah. I'd do my best to be better than you like that 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 will drive me. I went home, I kid you not. I got one of these little books that had blank pages and I drew and drew and drew <laughs> just out of my head. Nothing was great. It it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. For me it was at that time. So fuck,
0: I'm getting and but I suppose uh in a way music was kind of like that for me. But I think less direct because you saw someone else doing it. So I grew up playing um, well, I, I took my dad's Beethoven sonata books. Yes, and I'm learning these pieces, learning these pieces. Eventually, I can play quite a few of them. After a while, it starts to bug me. I I, I look at this music and I'm like, how did, how did he actually come up with this stuff? And then I started exploring, coming up with my own composition. And I look back, and some of it is like, that's a junk that I composed. <laughs> um, I remember because there was no formal training before university so when I got to university um, and I played one of my compositions one thing that that really changed my perspective and and made me study like the theory of music and stuff was the fact that uh, so my lecturer went out and I was playing one of my compositions and he walked in again and he said oh my gosh it's so boring you're playing chord one and chord five over and over and over and I'm like and like a lot of people would take offense but then i realized there is so much more i can add to this <laughs> see yeah
1: and and then that that's was it kind of like the spark to say oh listen like i didn't oh this guy's talking rubbish how can he say that to me i'm only a student but you took it as like hey wait he's actually right and yeah with it. it's like for me like as i say, like watching you as a kid it felt like as if like, okay, you were kind of forced to learn it because your dad, listen, your dad was phenomenal from then. Like everybody was at the house yeah. coming for piano lessons and then to see you not want to do it. Like <laughs> we've got Mario brothers to play. Like why, yeah. why do I have to go in? And...
0: Yeah. I, th- I think that's a sign that a lot of people don't see about me. So, so it is a bit of an interesting thing for the podcast because I think I have mentioned like how I kind of was self-taught for music. Um, But there was that phase where my dad tried to teach me, and I really wasn't, I wasn't interested in it. Even when it came to school, the moment I was forced to do something, I did not want to do it. And I think, yeah, it just took me, I I think I eventually just got bored with what my dad was trying to show me. And I'd grab his university books and whatnot. And obviously, looking at that advanced stuff, it was slow progress. But I was obsessive about puzzles so i took this music as a puzzle and i just sat with it and i promise you it it, it was slow (laughs) you're looking at the music and because i'm going from from music that on the page is the notes are all on the line and then you look at beethoven's music a lot of it is it's way up there off the stave and i'm counting to figure out what's this note but eventually, your brain gets used to all of that information, processes it as a normal thing because you're doing it every day, and yeah, you, you you start picking it up. It's it's a, it's it's
1: actually so strange, um, because again, like I say, my competition is what drove me. So it's also it's also it's a funny thing learning. Um, I actually fight with my with my with my kids, and I'm like. I'm showing you this. How can you not understand? This is this. And it comes to that same thing of same with me. The minute someone said to me, this is how it must be done. I challenged it. I couldn't understand. Like, how do people say, okay, you must do it this way. You were taught that. What about Beethoven? Yeah. Who did it himself? Like, you know, and for me, a lot of like, for me, I'd say like people like Da Vinci who had to make their own paint. yeah, And, and they, they did it without a background of it. So they were kind of like the the, the leaders or, or the innovators at the time doing things that was never done. Um, so again, with, 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 with this competition side of me, by the time I was in grade eight, I had surpassed the same friend that I was talking about in terms of technical ability. His drawing still way up there what I had was the ability to do the same thing he did do that and then find a way to make it better like I said to you like the color thing for me like I was coloring things in and he could draw don't ask him to color anything in like he'd sketch (laughs) the best thing out of and do all these cartoons and all these things which is great but he was a master of of that which he was doing. For me, I couldn't stay stagnant. I had to do that and more. So I branched out from from just drawing pictures, cutting them in. It went far beyond just one medium of art. It went from this. Okay, now we're drawing on paper. Then you realize there's things like charcoal. Um, yeah. Oh, wait. That's actually a, a good point because if you remember, you guys were staying the guys were staying in woodlands at and there was another family a country it was the name moira or monica or but anyway there was a lady in the front and she had a husband and he drew
0: it was moira Moira, yes yes,
1: yes. he drew he gave me one little stick of a charcoal pencil and i, I changed a changed my damn because
0: i went to visit there one day and uh he had a he had a room. We had some of his artworks, and and they were they were charcoal artwork. That, yeah, they, and
1: he that. he literally changed my life with that. I'm like, whoa! I can get these dark tones. So <laughs> you can smudge it away, and and it, it just it it just took my brain to a whole different ballgame And I carried on pushing, and I did more and more. And then there's the stuff that we we were when we were young. So you were the gamer. Like that was your thing. Like nobody yeah. could beat you. And whether it was Donkey Kong or Mario Brothers, or whatever, that was it. You playing those games. It was about playing the game. Me playing the game with you was. Look at Mario. Like how do they get this color man jumping? It's like the the uh, world. Like I okay. saw, I saw the whole. But,
0: but then you've got to understand that that um, there's also a unique view for for from my side i think the one thing that actually made me good at games was when i started a game i was obsessed with finding out the mechanics of the game i wanted to know how it worked it, and funny enough when i got to university there was a there was a professor that had figured me out so i i was a unique case to the university because i didn't do the audition everyone else did Um, he mentioned the word autodidact. And I thought he was insulting me, right? Yeah, even when I listen to that, I'm like, okay, wait, no. (laughs) So it took me two years to eventually figure out what that actually was. Uh, Let me just check something here. Okay, then we'll be fine. Autodidact is apparently someone that can sit with something and, and kind of figure it out. So they I think that I think the best example is something like, uh, so, so my mom always nags me about this, which it annoys me a bit because I never <laughs> wanted to go into this. Um, so there were many things that I picked up as a child. And one of the things was uh, so like, electronic stuff. Yes, when it used to break, I used to take it apart figure it out put it back together and fix it yes Um, and that is apparently what autodidacts did and so that's basically how I learned music so that professor figured that out when I was at university and I I never it's it's so amazing because like that's what I did
1: with games this is the thing it it breaks it you, you literally break it down so what happened with me is going back into the music side of it was a big influence growing up like teenage years now um number one it's girls there's a lot of things that that a teenage boy gets how do i say you you cannot get distracted by that you're oh yeah there's a lot of
0: distractions you see so all, all these
1: distractions came about and the one thing that was a constant in my life was art um for some reason, it just stayed. My sport fell away. Um Everything else, like I, again, it comes down to that thing you say You say that word autodidact. Is that how I'm saying, saying yeah, it? Autodidact.
0: Correct? Autodidact. Yeah, autodidact.
1: Yeah. So, with that school, I was fine with my grades. Like I was, I was an A student from when I started school. Listen, Brenda taught me to read. I was reading at four years old. She was a teacher.
0: But it was the same with me. Um, I, there's a lot of similarities. See, <laughs> now this is the thing.
1: So what happens is, I find out about hip hop. Okay. Yeah. I actually got in because again, I'm I'm still very athletic. These guys, we all start this breakdancing crew. So we there's like about ten of us. We got this little breakdancing crew. We weren't the greatest, I mean, I, but I, I remember. You know, we into this. So then. With that comes like, okay, the music side of it and then the graffiti again pops up in my life and I'm like, wait now, what is this stuff? I see it everywhere, these big bold colors. So eventually I got into it and for me it it, it again came down to how did this person do it? Because if I hold a spray can, that's not what comes out of that thing and he's doing some crazy things with this thing so i need to decipher okay how does this thing work what is it and same same thing with you for me i thought it was just because i saw things visually where remote control cars. i needed to take it apart why when you press this button it goes forward and the other one back like what <laughs> yeah. makes the transition and i need to figure it out like okay the motor turns this way then if you positive negative this way if i took the battery around wait now it goes the other way like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you kind of want to break these things down um so again my, my education side of it what happened was if i was being told what to do and it goes back to that thing it kind of became boring It's like challenge me more and yeah. in school it now, wasn't like that especially yeah. going to for me going to a government school teachers were there to teach there's like 50 of us in a class it's hard to keep an eye but i had i was lucky enough to have a few teachers besides my autistic ability recognize my as you say my my brains the way my cognitive skills actually work yeah and i was pushed and i always looked at it and it's like why are they always picking on me can they just leave me like they don't worry about the other oh, children okay.
0: you know yeah and they're like no paul you got where's your work why are you and i'm like why do you keep forcing yeah. me? Like, but you know, that that aspect, because I also picked that up where teachers would sometimes focus on me, not pay attention to other kids and stuff. I think that shaped like how I teach a class now. Because generally I'll, I'll like start explaining stuff and whatnot and I'll always give them a task. And I will go around while they're busy with the task um, trying to figure out each kid. I wanted to get to know each child yes. in the class because if, if i can understand how they process the information how they kind of understand uh, uh um, everything or even how they get stuck i can help them from the, yes yeah because you, but, you basically, teachers, uh, you, yeah. teachers generally choose favorites and you know the funny the, the funny the funny thing is
1: it's like with with you saying like how you go ahead teaching i'm terrible at teaching Like, uh, for me, it's like, I know how to do something. So it's very, like, I I won't lie to you, I can see potential. Like, if I see someone, like, for a a youngster, for example, they, in art, I can see the potential. But for me to actually go and break down how I work it, it's so hard because the process happens in my mind without me knowing it. So if I see a picture, for example, like, the whole setup that we're looking at, I could go home right now without being here, draw the same thing the way it's all set up here because it's stuck in my mind. It's already there. I I don't know what it does, but it just happens. So for me to say to someone, no, what you got to do is you got to like get, I can't because for me it (laughs) happened without me knowing. It just did it that way. So a lot of it, a lot of it for me is, yes, the gift was always there. But then you finally you, yeah. you know you've got to work on yeah. it but
0: but you know what it might actually be because this is what i've also discovered because i i was kind of um like in 2009 i started university and i mean there was no income i was kind of on my own yeah i had to make money somehow my, my dad made a way by letting me teach piano but i didn't know anything about teaching And it took me years and years to discover it. But because I started off on my own, people not showing me, I figured out on my own. Um, And it was a unique experience for me when I taught beginners. I didn't know how to explain (laughs) where to start. But the advanced students, because they had learned all the basics and they're at a certain level. It's. It was a lot easier for me to yeah. to work with them. Um, so it, it may be that you can help someone at an advanced level, but that makes so much it's, that it's, it's makes so much you.
1: sense to yeah. me. It's like with school, like I always,
0: like as you said, like for me,
1: reading at the age of four. That Brenda played a big part of of that. Well, Brenda's my big sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with her learning her craft, because she was in college studying to be a teacher and there was me, her baby brother, who was like two, three years old. She got the chance to teach, that like, kind of practice on me. Yes, so yes. I absorbed the, those things and then take it back into the, like, the, the the graffiti side of it. A lot of people, they'll look at graffiti and like, oh, what is that? I saw yeah. the words immediately. I'm like, Oh that says this And people are like you, You're talking rubbish like, Where are you seeing this And then that's what Confused a lot of people About the street outside It's like How And I'm like I can see how they made it flow And you know The beautiful patterns Of these big bold colors And Funny enough The reason I got good at this is And then Brenda still Teases me all the time In college They had to do Calligraphy classes So they would sit there With their little line papers And they to chisel things And they'd draw and draw and I found those papers, and I would literally sit and do the same thing. I'd copy it, copy it, copy it. So my understanding of letters was brilliant, like I could write anything. So my transition from just normally drawing into the graffiti side was a lot easier because I already had the concept of kind of spicing up no- yeah, and, letters. and.
0: and, and, and- looking at it from a different view shape and whatnot yeah
1: yeah so that that's that for me it was intriguing like wow there's a normal person just writing is funny thing is it's like we go to our young days again being taught how to write as a kid yeah you know your motor skills aren't the best (laughs) and you're being taught this is how it must be and this is how it must be and it's kind of like forced on you that's the right you must do it and up till today I have the worst handwriting ever ask me to if I draw my writing <laughs> it's the terrible. most flamboyant thing but <laughs> if I actually just get down and write the way I was taught how to write in school yeah. utter garbage let me just make you something fancy people look at me like Paul how on earth did you just write that look like, you must have a beautiful handwriting I'm like no I'm no, the worst yeah, yeah my drawing side is coming out of this and and that's and that's and that's it Breaking it down, but sometimes closing off what, you know, when you force like anything that's forced, um, like with you with music, as you said, like it was uh, it was kind of being forced, but then you shut it down. It's like no, it's not for me. Find it on your own. And it's like, hey, what what are the possibilities of this? Yeah. Breaking down. Funny story. So obviously you know growing up, it was we we kind of grew up in different. How do I say, like. Parenting style If I can say that yeah. So it was kind of like, like with you Your father was a, a very technical musician If you can say that he Went to university He's a music teacher He does yes. it So yeah. it was A lot of it was structured I grew up My dad His brothers All my cousins Played music Not one of them Could read sheet music yeah. Nothing. Everyone plays that ear. They hear something. Oh, we play the chord. And guitars were in my house. So I've got okay. this weird obsession with guitars. And for me, it was always... like That for me was so great. It, like, it looked so cool.
0: Yeah. But you know, this this is actually a huge discussion now. And, and there's a lot of arguments that have been going on. Uh, which I really like. Uh, the fact that uh, some ideas are being challenged. So, the music that you go to university to learn, the music that you learn in 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 all these uh, uh with all these exam- examinations and so on is it's all from one place it's it's all from the western side of things, and there's so many different cultures that have processed music completely differently so we've we've actually got uh someone interesting here. Uh, uh, we've got Tim, Tim in in the audience hi Tim, Tim Um he was with me on the previous episode and we were, we were talking about traditional African instruments and uh, you know western music is obsessed with having this specific tuning to an yes. instrument and stuff traditional African instruments didn't have that they didn't have a tuning system each instrument sounded completely different to the next one even though it was the same instrument
1: and then again, so is it something that's that's in your in your brain? So I'll be honest with you.
0: Yeah.
1: If you bang a a bongo drum, for example,
0: yeah,
1: and then you hit an eight oh eight, it's I can't tell you what's the difference. Like my my tonations of all these things it doesn't I cannot I yeah. heard boom. That's all I, I didn't hear. <laughs> yeah. Like, this one was higher, this one was lower, this one vibrated more, it had a long. Like, I don't know that. And do you think that they were able to do it without the structure, but because their ears heard something, they knew how to make it work?
0: Is that, for example, like. I, I think so, hey? But, but there's different things. Because, I mean, each each place kind of follows different things. If you look at Mongolian. Uh, traditional music, uh, with the with the it, voice, uh, right? Uh, you, you, yep. You've come across yep. it. Um, so, yeah, we'll how that was birthed was them actually listening to the environment and nature, and they tried to imitate the sounds around them from nature.
1: No, it's a funny thing. So, I asked you earlier on because, as an like you grew up being a pastor's kid, <laughs> if I can say <laughs> that right, so does for you. And I asked you the reason I asked you is like you're a lot older now. So sometimes our, our brains we, we think different now. And for me personally, brought up Christian, went through everything, and as I got older, I realised it wasn't for me. So for me, when it came to when it came to that and you're talking about like those people with the, the Mongolians, they heard nature and they literally made those sounds. Found out that a lot of the spiritual stuff, be it even Christianity, um, there's a lot of different sounds that people use, and depending on the vibration of that music, your body responds to it a certain way, and even even within that, it's like that's why a lot of people like. If you sing a hymn, for example, in church someone starts bawling their eyes out because it touched them because there was a certain yeah, yeah. like th- wave that triggered a certain emotion yeah. in them it's like for example I always say to people I like studying everything yeah. human nature whatever it is and I came I came across a lot of these different things and I for one my wife laughed at me I love the sound of I'm not sure if you're familiar, like so at Mosque they do that, like there's a calling for prayer. It's called oh, a, it's yes, called the yes. Hazan. Yeah. Um so in Cape Town they do this thing, they call it a karinkel. if I'm if I'm correct, where that sound kind of like goes up and down. It's like they doing heavy riffs <laughs> and I, for some reason I love that. It's like just does a weird thing for my brain and I love that thing. And
0: I was watching this thing on Netflix about how I feel me- like I have to go to Cape Town to hear this now. Like, I just- bet you have never been to Cape Town. eh? Oh, and I've been
1: there, but yeah. just for a short while, I wish I could go there again. Um, so, yeah. So they were breaking this thing down on Netflix about how music works in the sounds and the same thing came up. They were obviously using the, the, the Arabic way, the proper Arabic way. And there's a certain way that that thing goes that actually does something to people and that's why those guys are chosen to sing that prayer calling and it's it's such a funny one because like with you and the, and the music again it, it, there's so many things tied into it it's like you have to also when you're playing a song for example let's say you had to do something for a choir for example and you needed to touch a specific audience you'll know exactly where to go with the music and you'll have to break it down within your mind and kind of go to that specific place with it.
0: Yeah, so, I, I mean, you, you've touched on a lot of points that can take us in various directions. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. See, uh, as I said, this is <laughs> yeah, going to be yeah. crazy. Um, but, I, but I mean, that, that's why I would like to... There is essentially a, a structure. So we, we'll, we'll get yeah. back on track now. But I think just to answers some of this because I mean, uh, you spoke about the vibrations. Um, there's a lot of what I'm looking at now that I actually want to put in a later podcast where we talk about uh, in depth into like music therapy, yes. and sound therapy. Um, there's some tests that have gone on with like um, the difference between the hurts and stuff that can help you sleep it can even keep you awake it can even to the point of cause anxiety and there's all these different like audio what do they call it i think it's um i forgot the name but it but it's uh, these deceptive kind of audio ideas that kind of play around with sound and some of it is really cool when you hear it and and then some of it can trick you and some of it can actually like physically affect you there's there's some really unique stuff with music. It's quite. Have exciting. you ever listened to
1: like those binary, binaural code type things?
0: That's what I'm working with quite a bit now. Uh, binaural beats. Y- yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's what that's what I was talking about. So so yeah. it's it's not. Um, I wouldn't say there's concise evidence, but there has been research done. Uh, it, it it basically works with. With hertz, um, one ear will hear sounds at a certain frequency and the other ear they alter where the hertz are so for instance left ear will hear let's say there's a tone being played at 200 hertz and then the right ear will hear a tone that's being played at 203 hertz so there's a three hertz difference, and apparently that that small distance is actually very good for sleep. They haven't discovered like, what really happens there, But if you, you can, it can help you stay awake, apparently, if you have a difference of 50 hertz. And then there's a middle ground, if you get to like, uh, uh, so 30 hertz, 30 hertz is so I, I think I can explain it. So basically, your ear detects something's wrong. But because it's still such a minor change, I can't exactly pinpoint that the sounds that it's hearing, there's something wrong with it. Oh, my gosh. So because of this, your brain starts to panic. And it can give you a panic attack. It can make you anxious and whatnot. Um yeah. so, okay. so then, past 30 hertz you basically get to a point where your ear detects Okay, the sounds, there's a difference between the waves. This yeah.
1: takes me back to the same thing we were literally discussing about the guy Tim Tim you said who was you know the African music and stuff without the structure of chords and, and all of this this thing I put in my ear and I put this whatever binaural beats, whatever was going on it was supposed to make me calm i heard such a high pitch that thing literally woke me up from my sleep i was tired i put this let me try this and it was it was such a screeching sound and like what is going on like it went from such a great thing to being so vividly like disruptive in my mind as you yes, said of course the yes. anxiety i'm like this is a very powerful tool
0: because people can <coughs> i think yeah but but now the important thing to realize as well um Because because there's no, like, proper medical journal, there's not a lot of people professionally looking at it, Um, and and this is also why I focus quite a bit on this field. Um, I I would like to get concise evidence um, on it. So there's a lot of amateur people that are either just going into it for views on YouTube, or they... Just playing around with yeah. it, and because of this, um, you may listen to something, and they say it's for sleep, but the sounds don't actually promote sleep. Yeah, th- so, th- this, so is like this is my problem. This is this
1: is what happens to me. It's like all these people say, okay, okay like the crazy ones, where really. you want if you want to create abundance in your life and get money and all these weird things, listen to this code and say oh, Okay, yes. that's see, <laughs> but yeah. the truth side of it is. Those things actually do mess with your brain. And I'm not kidding. You don't need to be a scientist. You don't need... For me, I don't need a, a chord structure on how oh, the thing yeah, is. Yeah. I felt it. I heard it. That thing messed my brain up. So for <laughs> me, knowing knowing it... And again, it comes down to even like the music industry. Why why so many people are are triggered by a certain sound? Whether it be hip-hop, yeah. or whether it be classical music... I, I found out about jazz. So the the jazz I like is like as I said to you know, the the nice barroom, coffee shop vibe. Okay. Very then, mellow, you know, saxophonia and there
0: and then there's jazz. Even there's, worse There's that new, so they, many different types. It's it's insane. Ja- j- jazz jazz is a jazz where
1: very... it's like this guy's playing this, he's doing his it's like five different people yeah. having a solo at one time and it's like it can kind of yeah.
0: like, for some I, people it's cool but I actually wouldn't classify jazz as one particular genre i I feel like it sits on a higher category yeah and then it kind of spreads out because in a way jazz jazz stays alive because it evolves with whatever the popular music is now it changes how people kind of develop it Uh, so, so so there's there's the world of jazz fusion that is huge and it takes and funny enough it's reviving a lot of your old traditional yes. art forms from around the world like like your Arabian stuff your um, traditional Indian music uh, there's music from so many different places even here in Africa they're fusing jazz with those, those styles and it's what's keeping it alive uh, because it's also doing that with, with popular music see that's the funny thing because it goes back to again
1: Tim Tim's story of like the African music because everything every popular music that you listen to now has a form of art in it that was not structured yeah it was somebody you you
0: must see if you can listen to that that uh, I think it was episode 2 I think I did link it to you I
1: will will actually go to because I'm quite interested again it comes down to the same thing as me like I hate Picasso (laughs) people will yeah. blaspheme there's another uh, artist his name's Basque. very famous artist yeah. people love him oh yes you know he's, he's literally big with youth culture now and for me don't like him yeah. that's a rubbish and people look at me Paul but how can you say that and the reason I say this is it's for me Picasso does something that anybody can do and this again is my opinion. It's not a fact because again, yeah. I've never yeah. actually hated another artist. I'm saying hate yeah, which we, is I such mean, a strong we, we thing. We all grow just...
0: in a specific way. Yeah. And I think a lot of, and, and I have to admit that in classical music, there's a very egotistical and kind of snobbish approach to everything. And, um, I, mean, I mean, I'm not saying all classical musicians are like that, but there's a very strong edge of that feeling. And it's I I feel it's very sad sometimes because like, I remember someone recently said to me, um, I I was actually defending someone. So someone was saying that they don't don't like the music of Brahms. And I said, and I saw that this other person is saying, how can you not like Brahms? So I said, "Oh, I also don't like Brahms. If you don't like uh, and then I was I was explaining myself, so I was saying, um, uh, you know, we all grow in different ways. We we process music in yes. different ways. Naturally, we're gonna have our own tastes. And then the guy was like, "No, but you you've got to you you've got to like Brahms." <laughs> like, how can you say that? It's it's such it's such a weird one because again, like
1: even in my field, it's it's about I like this. i like, and then someone will say, "Oh, but I don't like it." And like, yeah. No, but like, and then people like they they come into you. It's like, how can you not? Like they try and force an opinion yeah. on you. Why well, like chocolate? Uh, like, uh, or oh, you comes, don't like chocolate? It's you such a judge? strange thing. It's like it's like <laughs> literally even down to sport. My wife wants to die. So why do you find these weird things? What we always come to these philosophies and got to do with sports. And as I said to like, everyone has an opinion about Lionel Messi and Ronaldo. You don't even need to follow sports. You, if you hear those names, you kind of know who they are. They're yeah. that big and it's that this guy plays a certain way this guy plays a certain way both brilliant yeah everybody oh how can you like him it's just this and this look at him he thinks i'm like first of all we actually don't know the people Like, <laughs> let's just be happy we get if you like soccer you watch it and say, no no he's better no he's better and then that debate comes about an opinion yeah people are trying to force an opinion I'm like it's odd we both watch i like what he does you like what he does yeah. that's just our opinion can we not just agree like you know yeah and and that's it and again it comes down to the art forms like for me i love the more classical like renaissance type of of art like i okay. see the i see yeah. the beauty in it sculptures like by, by Bernini. Yeah. i honestly if you told me that medusa is real i'll believe it because of those italian sculptors yeah yeah Like, how did you do that with With no tools that we have today, you made that marble sculpture. you made fingerprints or these little indentations of muscle and vein out of marble, which is uh, you try hit a block of marble <laughs> and see what happens and yeah. and that's for yeah. me, it's those things and so when I look at Picasso or the people at Pesquet, I kind of think it's like people who just did something and the world blew it up in in a sense of art okay the art industry is like picasso this can you see the emotion i don't think Picasso even felt any emotion when he did a certain thing the emotion yeah. was felt by the person looking at it yeah. so if i'm looking at it i feel mm.
0: right. if you yeah. look at it you
1: feel and this is the thing i think i just i just kind of say it because for me it's it's that form of art where anybody can do it and that's the beauty of art you should anybody should be able to kind of just throw some paint on the wall look at a red and green and blue together and just be like oh wow that does something for me you know yeah. you, you can kind of see it like it's it's those vibrant colors or maybe they even dull earthy tones that kind of you know just mess with people's emotions same way as listening to some music like certain things yeah. will make yeah. you feel this type of way and others will relax you kind of
0: okay yeah um i'm actually thinking back to um so, so i remember at university I, I was so obsessed with music that uh, let me actually just hello everyone i'm seeing lots of hellos popping up there uh yeah so i was talking to daisy rays actually yeah um we were talking about Like, my obsession with music, I I got to the point where I had this practice journal, which didn't last very long. But uh, when I had it, I was analyzing, like, every bar of music and and stuff. But, you know, when it actually comes down to it, the composer didn't, like, start writing a note and then he's calculating, this is what I'm going to do, this is what theory uh, I'm going to apply to the... No, he's using feeling the, the majority of the way, or they're experimenting. Um... And I feel sometimes people analyze things so much. It's just ridiculous. But, that, but anyway, let, let's, let's... Over-analyzing, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's try and... Uh, so, so we were talking about kind of your, your, your yeah. journey through stuff. So if you looked quite in-depth, uh, your childhood and your young adult phase. Yeah. Now, I think... And this is especially a point that I'm kind of missing because I don't know from the graffiti side yeah. to where you are professionally now. Um how did how did you get to that point?
1: Okay, so well just to let everyone know I am professionally a tattoo artist. Um that's what I do. Um it's how I earn a living and the big part of it is the professional. Like you don't you don't kind of realize the like when you say, Oh, that's my profession. It's kind of like a light term. So hearing when other people say Oh like what's your profession Then you actually realize Wait now I actually Am so good at something That I am literally a pro It's 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 hard for me to fathom Because It's For me I'm learning every day yeah. So when people Say these things It's like I have to sit back and think Oh wait This is how it is So The thing is Not once did I ever think That I'd be In this profession It was my again, kid you not. So, th- this will go back. I can't remember the year. Listen, we sound so old. Going back. <laughs> we are old, eh? Okay, so sometime early 2000s, Eminem was one of the biggest artists, right? Yeah, Eminem influenced a whole generation. I'll never forget. This was where I was. In the whole graffiti scene.
0: Yeah. That
1: was my youth years. Getting into it. If you can remember. You had borrowed a CD. It was an Eminem CD. I had still written some drawing on it. I cannot remember. Okay. So this. Is, okay. Let me refresh your memory. Wait, yeah.
0: wait, wait. Did, did you draw on the CD? I I
1: it had like this graffiti. Weird thing writing. Because it was my brother's. he it was actually his CDs. I was just. Because he had, you know, those... what did you draw, like, the name
0: Eminem on it?
1: Yes, it was in red and yellow. If... if... But anyway...
0: I came across the CD recently, and I was trying to figure out where on earth I got it from.
1: So let me explain something. So that was my breakthrough in art. I actually started getting really good at that side of art. Very bold, very graphic you know I was not a vandal like I always try and let people know I was not a vandal okay spraying on somebody's fence outside didn't really appeal to me but I did it because that was the thing to do yeah. like if you're a street artist how do you not do the arts in the street
0: I feel like the people here in in Hilton have uh, a lot of artists have done a good job changing the bad perception of graffiti yeah? because you you'll you'll find if you drive around in certain places yes. there's brilliant graffiti artists that one have one guy
1: specifically G-Gono jono Manny. i love yeah. jono jono's like jono jono's style is just great and his personality as a person yeah. brilliant as well i
0: still have to meet him the, uh, yeah, he, I he actually, he actually has to a studio he has a studio here at uh, the zaza art
1: gallery is, is, is that? that it? I think so. But he was, yeah, he was saying so. Oh, the gallery, the gallery, something. But yeah, it's yeah. he did say to me, it's here in Hilton. Um, so back to the CD. That was actually the time when we had actually drifted apart because we were we were together a lot, like every holiday, every weekend. Mm-hmm. I was by your house, like for me, like yes, Quebec Matthew, that that wasn't we we yeah. were we were actually very close, and. Well, you, that, you saved my life. I see? <laughs> <laughs> Never forget that. And yeah, so, I gave you the CD and for me, it was, I was actually scared. I'm like, listen, you didn't get this thing from me because you're going home and if your father finds that thing, Eminem will be everywhere. <laughs> I, remember, I anyway. remember this, yeah. The next time I saw you, you were a battle rapper. And not just like, oh, there, my cousin Matthew who was like the gamer, you know, he's school- Wait now, this guy's winning battles. He can actually do this thing. This is insane to me, and that was for me such a big. I I I don't even know what to say, but it was. It messed with my brain so much because I never thought that that's the way musically you go. Because I grew up in your house. Yeah. Your dad was a piano teacher. That's what you. So for me, I'm like, no pianos in Eminem. But then again, there probably is this Dr. Dre and they got all the weird things, but that for me was seeing you transition into something. You got the CD and then here we go. Yeah. And at now, the same time, it was for yeah. me with my art. I was like, this yeah. is what I'm doing. It's bold. It's out there. This is where, yeah. where I'm headed.
0: But I think just, just for the sake of the audience, because a lot of people here know me as <laughs> just classical music. Yes. Um, yeah, there was that could have been the transition essentially that that took place, where I got yeah I, I got into the the hip hop scene where I was battling and stuff. But funny enough, it wasn't really the music that that hit me. For me, it was actually the language aspect. There was this whole world of um, wordplay and and puns uh, in the underground scene of hip hop which is still not, like, you, you yeah. listen you got yeah. to
1: give it up to that
0: um, I, I've just I, I don't know it, it fascinated me that people had this understanding of the language so much that they could play around with, with things like yes. that and there were such intelligent things that people would put together or sometimes really funny kind of ideas that they would string together within hip hop so it wasn't per se the because I, I was a person that repetitive music used to annoy the heck out of me. Yeah. But I would focus on the, the lyrics. The lyrics were really intelligent. And if I listened to... Uh, I, I used to enjoy, enjoy Tupac, because Tupac was... Um, a lot of his stuff was very poetic. A lot of it was very current to what was happening in America. It, it was it was very interesting to me, because he was using... Uh, a lot of people... Like, oh, hip-hop, it's, Great, great, great. But for me, he was producing, you know, art through it, and, and he was using it as a platform to speak about things. Uh, yeah, things, things like that. Um, yeah. So, so that, that fascinated me. But what actually pulled me away from that world was, when I got to university, I discovered, I discovered classical music and classical music was I don't know, man. It, it took like the complexity that I saw yes. with, with language. And it was like, um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen recently, but, but the, the, the I think it's the Hubble telescope. Yes. They've been aiming it for years and years at like blank space. Yeah. And they finally got an image. And it's just all these different galaxies that they see. So that's what it was like. So it, it's like I was looking at our universe and then... I see all these other universes and I wanted to, I wanted to figure out all of this and, and that's what pulled me away from hip-hop and classical music was my new thing. Yeah.
1: See, but it, yeah. again, like within that, it's it goes back to like the jazz
0: music side of things.
1: It's like, there's this love that I have, be it the language, be it the the music side of it. You had that thing of, I don't even think like if it took you away from anything. I think... You had that, and are good at that, and then found this. So it's just kind of like, it just keeps stepping up, yeah. and like that. And then same, same with me and my art. So it went from me painting walls, which was again, it was illegal, and I didn't like that side of it. I, I'm not, I'm not by any means a type of person who wants to willingly go out and like, oh, let's go do that like. Oh, I, it's like I don't want to be in trouble. We yeah, have yeah. one person in our family who's was mischievous and liked that as because as, you know, we always got that one crazy cousin that's always mischievous, always not always doing the wrong thing. I was not that person. Yeah. I didn't like that. Um I'd I'd go ahead and do it to kind of show that, hey, listen, I can.
0: Yeah. But and I, and I, and I, and I, our 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 naughty one is, was, was Elroy. I was actually saying this this to him. We need to see that. Yeah, no, yeah. That's
1: him. Like that was him. And that's how he communicated and and that was cool so i wasn't that way so for me all my friends they were out there burning walls with all their spray cans and the thing is for me i didn't like that side of it i'm like what if i get caught what if we get caught and funny enough we actually once did get caught and for me it's like my life is over i'm i'm first of all i'm not going to make it to see another day because my father's going to murder me and it was so many different things so I, I kind of kept that hidden. I was lucky enough that the the person who had actually arrested us didn't he knew me so didn't he knew I wasn't that type of person. So yeah. that was a, a getaway free card for me, but at the <laughs> yeah. same time not oh I got away with it, I'm gonna do it again. It's like I've learned my lesson. That's <laughs> not for me. And I branched off from the graffiti, still in the graffiti scene, but it I took that and I went to the fashion side of it. I was like Painting clothes. Yeah.
0: I don't
1: know. See this. the doing everything whatever I could put my mark on that was that was yeah. me. But
0: you yeah. know what I've realized? When it comes to family, it is incredibly difficult to do work for them. So I I know with, with, oh. with R- Roselle, my wife. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so difficult. And even with like my, my niece and stuff like that, it is really difficult to teach them. Yeah. Because they're family. And uh, I remember I asked you for a number of things that I really wanted, like like a, a drawing or something. I'd never
1: forget. We actually kind of started with a little character where we were going to do the manga books
0: and. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> and it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But Listen,
1: it, I, I still actually think back and like, hey, that was kind of cool. It, like, it, it did spark something. I would in still the,
0: like to do it. The way it's cause, popular cause I, now, I, I am still involved in like, like if I look back to twenty twenty one, I was supposed to do. Um, the lion king with my school but uh the school that i'm with i mean i mean it's a public school there's no way they would be able to afford the rights to it so i was rewriting the script and i was redoing the music so that it wouldn't fall into the copyright section Um, yeah so i so i'm still heavily involved in like dramatic art scene and like script writing and stuff we we should definitely do oh, something. that like a plan as i say like i'm i'm a lot more mature now
1: also so i i understand okay wait now because like even for me like what we did back then is so popular right now it's like i was being teased for watching certain anime things like okay everyone dragon Ball Z was like a staple in pokemon but it's become such a big thing now I'm like yeah, wow yeah like I, this is this is me. Like so, you're telling me that I'm cool now. It's like, it's, like <laughs> yeah. back then when we yeah. were doing it, like there was just like a niche market of of people that were like minded watching that stuff, and the manga and the anime side of it
0: wasn't wasn't really big. Yeah. Um, but you know, you you actually find, I feel, I feel in the classical music scene once again, there's they kind of look down on people that play. Like anime music, pop music and stuff. So, no, you must be serious, people. And if you actually look at, like, the recent big competition that happened was the Chopin uh, International Piano Competition. Um, Actually, had some of the stuff coming into my server when it was active. It was being live-streamed in. Um, I think there was a, I can't remember which platform did it, but... They had some of the competitors come in and play. Like, they interviewed them and they played some of the music. And a lot of them are into playing gaming music and anime music and stuff. And they're competing at this world class level. This is what people don't realize is that, um, you know, yes, there's, there's there have been brilliant musicians uh, of the past. And a lot of people like to bring up, oh, this yes. is this. This pianist was absolutely amazing. You, know, you can learn so much from this pianist. But you've also got to understand that this generation of musicians, it's, it's a completely different ball game. Essentially, I would say musicians now, especially if you really discipline yourself and focus, there's so much content. Back when I, even when I was studying, there was... There was nothing where you could look up and, and, and have content that said, uh, this is a good way to, to practice. Uh, this is how you consciously become aware of, of your body when you're playing so that you don't get injured and whatnot. Now it's it's everywhere. You can find it everywhere. People are talking about it on YouTube. Uh, you can find much more advanced books yes. where people have gone in there. They're basically in a point where their technique is from the get-go on point yeah and we didn't have that back then you you had to discover it for yourself and i i feel that also affects like your competitions and things yeah you know. but, but, but uh I, okay just finish your point i just want to try and get back on track on here yeah uh, this is again it covered a thing, lot yeah from all
1: these different things yeah no just like with what you were saying it's like again it comes down to the free thinkers and even the classical side of music where people like oh hip hop's not so thing, we structured, we on everything, like we play classical music. But for me, was the great masters being controlled? And it'll even take you for me, it kind of goes kind of like how people view Jesus if I can say that. There was this person who changed a whole generation, like he's like, No, the Jewish way, like there's a different way, we're progressing in life. He did it Did it well People followed him And then Everything that you do now Must only be that way So likewise For example I'm not too familiar With like the great masters Of classical music Like we know Like for me Beethoven or something If I can say that But everything You must learn Only that way You can only play This sonata You can only play And this is how it must be But what about the person Who can do that Without having to play that Why can I not Embrace this I feel like That's what they did and then they became the law. I did oh, this. Yeah, yeah. I broke away from what they told me, and then I did this. And all of a sudden, I'm the law now. And it goes on. It's like even the way hip hop changed, and everybody hates trap music. Like that, the so-called underground hip hop artists. Ah, oh, this trap music. Just, they just uh, the what was the word for these trap artists? There was something. Some rappers, <laughs> I don't know what they said with the words or something. The yeah, they gave them a funny term. But I'm like. But look how much influence they have on the culture. We had the Tupac's and the Biggie's and then obviously Eminem. Eminem came like a little more playful side. And then you had other people coming in. For me, Lil Wayne was a game changer. Yeah. And again, he for me, he brought what Eminem brought, but kind of just a little bit more in terms of the hip-hop ex- a- aspect of it in terms of he delivered such wordplay it was actually ridiculous yeah.
0: you know there's an interesting aspect um that kind of falls under like music therapy side i think research into it in that way uh the music that you that you hear at a certain age is music that is most influential on you and and it becomes like your go-to music and that's why You know, people from our generation, they they say, "Oh, the music of the '90s, that's easy." But uh, people that are older than us, you know, they they like the music from the '70s and the '80s, Um, and and it just keeps going on. So, yeah, it's it's just a cycle. We've got to understand that there's that mental aspect. I I think a lot of people don't realize that, and I also feel like uh, music uh, psychology. How music affects us and stuff, a lot of people don't understand. So, this aspect, a lot of people don't know.
1: It's, about. it's as you say, it's yeah. it's, a, it's such a big psychological aspect. So, yeah. again, moving um, on to yeah, our
0: yeah, 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 coming back to it. I nice. think just before we move on, there is a question that popped up. Yeah. Uh, so Tim Tim's got a question there. Um, I'll to ask you. He's so he's a multi talent, he's multi talented in music and art, he did visual arts as a subject in high school and I had a teacher who always made it very adamant that I don't succeed in a class and make me feel feel discouraged all the time because I'm being different than other students what advice can you give to this generation now if they came across this sort of bullying from a teacher especially from the very subject you're good at what would you have done if you were in my shoes,
1: you know the funny the funny thing is with that is that I was in his shoes um so I was I never ever had gone to to a tertiary institution everything I ever did was self- taught uh, again we didn't have the youtubes and stuff like to learn different things so wherever we could like I remember there was this little show on on Yo, what was it? Yo TV. See, we don't even have DSTV that back yeah, then, yeah. and they would draw these, teach you how to draw these like Pokemon characters, up with the circles, and like you gotta first make the shape, and then, and it was like, oh wow, that that actually helps me a bit. Like I, I figured out how to get the movement of my structure first, then apply everything else, and then, I, w- I was fortunate enough, there was this newspaper ad, that, that I came across, and. It was it said there was like this you can go to this college and apply, probably get a bursary or whatever, depending. Um and so I'm like, hey, maybe I should actually look into this. So what happened was they did an invitational week and it was quite expensive to go there and yeah. I didn't have the money, so I saw the ad, I go there and I'm like I'm I'm just gonna go there and show them and whatever happens, happens. Funny enough, the guy sitting behind the counter. Uh, I go to him and I'm like, "Hey, sorry, you know, I'd like to do this thing. How was the process and all of this?" And I'm looking at him, and it's not my brain was not registering. The guy who was sitting behind the desk's name is Nanda Subban. Nanda Subban was one of the newspaper cartoonists. He would, like during the apartheid time, he was one of like, drawing the Mandela things and all these. Ah, uh, yeah. Phenomenal at what he did. I show him my work and he's like, Wow, you're great! Like, there's so much you can learn at this institute. The institute's called CFAD, the Center for Fine Arts Animation Design. Yeah, and I go there and he says, No, you should actually join my class, but like, I can't afford it. And he says, No, don't worry about it. So we go through and first class, they take us to the computers, me and computers. <laughs> no idea what's going. On. Okay, I'm not the most tech savvy person, but anyway, we got these Mac, Apple Mac. That time it was still called like Macintosh. Yeah. And they had yeah. a big blue bubble. There was a cool you could see in the inside. They go. They teach us this onion skin where you can draw. Then it makes it light. Then you draw your next thing for animation. Okay. So it was it was nice for me. I'm like, hey, wow, getting into this. This is actually beautiful. I'm drawing. The accountant there says to me, we're busy sketching and stuff. He looks through my work and he's like, what is this? I'm like, no, this is, I did this drawing, whatever. He's like, why did you use your finger to smudge the thing? I'm like, because it looks great, doesn't it? Instead of having a sketchy pencil line, like this thing is smooth. This thing is more realistic than what you other guys here have. Then he made me sweep the floors the the the, the colleges because I was there kind of for free. And at this time, third year students are looking at my work and I'd be like, "Wow, you airbrush? What is this?" And this guy's like, "No, you can't do it. You had to. We had to. At the end of this this week, there was a how do I say a a, a kind of painting thingy we had to do, and I didn't have the right equipment. I literally had one paintbrush and makeshift my fabric paints and whatever, and." I'm painting and all this and he critiqued me so hard because I was doing this for free. I don't know if he if he felt because Nanda Subin had given me this thing of, oh, if you're so great, why are you not doing it? I'm like, hey, I'm here to learn. Nobody said I'm here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that for me was, it was somebody hindering what I do naturally and I didn't like it one bit. And the funny thing with it was, if there's other people going through this, you know, I'd never be one to say, go against the rules, always, you know, never be rude, but at the same time, when you stay true to who you are and what you do, that, that will literally make or break you, so some people won't agree with what you have to do, maybe some people might not even like your music, but the people who do, and the people who actually listen to it, those people find you and yeah, those are the people yeah. that, that you kind of hang with and for young artists I know what it's like to be put down whether it be because of financial reasons maybe you maybe you you haven't reached your potential yet maybe you're actually pretty not so good at it but there are those people who number one tell you the truth and it it actually you know gets you going forward in a good way They're yeah. like saying hey why don't you work on this like that's and then there are the nasty people who or yes. just bash you yes. for no reason. Like I always, I, I try and tell my son, I'm like, when the coach is, is hard at you, hard on you at school, listen. Because the other guy that is not worried about, they actually not cared. They cared about you because they see the potential in you. That's the reason they'll be, extra because they see yeah. so much. Yeah. Like a lot of the time, us as artists, we, musicians or visual artists or even like drama, whatever it be, a lot of people... They cannot recognize themselves.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually sad to see kind of how. Um, I'll see if we've got another hello there. Mr. Osushi says hello. Um, uh, I wonder if there's a problem. I think you can uh, try and maybe exit the stage and then come back again. You should be able to listen. Because I think, yeah, all the sound stuff, I checked it before we started. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you answered Tim Tim's question and and more to some degree. Uh, I think, you know, it it's, it's actually true that this can affect quite a, a number of people. I'm actually an example of this when I was at university. There was a, so I was always, always involved in, in the classical scene, yeah. but I was always helping out the the jazz musicians. They would sometimes get stuff that they've got to read, like the left hand, and they've never played uh, music for the left hand in their life. Uh, so I would like help them figure it out. Um, and it, it brought this interest in jazz music. So I had this, uh, so my approach to jazz music was obviously very classical. And it was like a direct blend of classical music and jazz when I did play jazz music. Um, And there was a concert that was happening where students were allowed to volunteer to play a jazz concert and I I volunteered. And I remember the audience loved it. And I, I was like so happy. And then I passed. I passed one of the lecturers, and uh, I, I remember w- there was another lecturer that that said, "No, he, he is he is a purist, so if you're not playing purely jazz, he's not yeah. so fond of it." But he said something to me. Um, he said he didn't like it, and he really shot me down, <laughs> and and it affected me to the point that. Um, I only wrote music in that style again last year. I never touched the blend of jazz and classical again until last year. Jeez. And it was because I came across... Uh, there's a composer, Hiromi Uehara, okay, Japanese composer who was in the classical field and then she studied at, um, I think it's Berkeley, she was doing jazz there. Uh, she wanted to study arranging for jazz as a classical musician. And she put these insane things together. And when I heard the music, I was like, this is this is the style that I was busy with. And people loved it. And I'm like, geez, why the heck can't I go back to it? But I, I feel like I've wasted so many years because I took that comment to heart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But listen, a lot of it like for, for some people, whether it be a teacher, even even parental influence can be very bad for some people because yeah. it's kind of teaching you to do what other people say then you kind of you water down your own your own feelings or your own like ambition and like with me growing up I always I didn't I wasn't Bad with criticism Criticism Kind of it, it, it suited me If I can say that So
0: Yeah
1: I never looked at it Like you, you know you can kind of feel When someone's actually being nasty Or when someone's actually Trying to just say to you Hey Do this And so With, with My father He was a very A very stern Somebody No, you know He's really But at the same time Brilliant mind Which is so weird And when yeah. you're small It's like Oh there's dad, no fun. Like all
0: all, all kids, I'm not kidding who you are,
1: dad's home, no
0: more fun. I'm, so I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> of something now. So there were times when I came to visit you uh, and it was during, I think, I think it was at a point where I didn't want an accent and I started playing around with accents and stuff. And there were sometimes when I visited you and you were upstairs, what I would like to do is I would like to call you down in your dad's voice. You <laughs> so I'll never forget that. Oh my lord!
1: And yeah, that that's a that 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 same voice. Even my friend Sergio, he always teases me with that same thing. He yeah. always does that voice. And yeah, and I would I would for example, I'd be I'd be drawing and I'd say to him, "Hey, check this out!" And he would be like, "Hmm, why is that eye crooked?" and the eye was actually crooked he was not he never say to me harshly and a lot of people can't see that some people will actually be like my father hates me how can he just say i'm like no my father was honest enough to tell me that the eye was crooked the eye was actually crooked and, and yeah. i went back and my my thing was for me if someone said something it's my mission to prove them wrong so i went through my career doing that it's like This person said this to me. I'm going to prove them wrong. And that's how I I went. Like, for example, in in your situation, I would have tried my best to do that same music style to show this person, look, I'm going to make you
0: like, I'm going to make you say, wow, I was actually wrong. And it kind of bettered me. me, Because it was like a niche kind of style. It wasn't my the classical music yeah. that I was so heavily focused on. And I think because of that situation I was like, ah, okay, maybe yeah. maybe I shouldn't touch it, you know. It's, it's not my field. Uh, yeah. But but anyway, let's let's look at um, so we are kind of we have kind of touched yes. on the topic and stuff, but uh, you personally, how do you relate to or perceive other forms of art so for me ugh, arts in everything um
1: i'm i i'm a i'm a big I'm, I'm very passionate if i can say about every type of art form and a lot of people assume art is either music dance drama
0: you know it's like like those things either something visual i think the so if you're hearing some weird sounds in the back it's that's the the bullfrogs that are nearby yeah, yeah. nature <laughs> he heard you it's been quiet (laughs) (laughs) um
1: yeah so when it comes to to art I I'm the type of person when I wake up and I go outside there's clouds the sun rays of shining through the clouds it's that's so majestic to me it's like looking up into the mountains it's it's some weird sort of art that that we all kind of can perceive in our minds um So even when it comes to, I even look at people, who, who are athletes. For me, I look at that's an art form. Like, you are able to manipulate your body in a certain way to get the edge over somebody else. You know, it's like a, a, it's like this dance that, that in my my brain, it's it's a back and forth motion of wow, look, it's not just somebody kicking a ball. It's like a, it's
0: actually. I mean, there's there's a reason why people paid to go to those things yeah i I think an important thing that that i I think that the generation now should actually look at um i was actually thinking about it it, it's actually come back to me i was thinking about it like two months ago or something i feel like sometimes we're so heavily invested in technology and and you know taking our phones and taking these pictures and whatnot and there was one particular point where i we went somewhere and I decided to leave to leave my phone and then and then Roselle also she left her phone in the car and then there was like a picture perfect moment uh, and we we're like oh we don't have the camera yet. but I was thinking to myself you know we'll remember this experience like for the rest of our lives and that's that's one thing a picture cannot take a, a lot of a lot of the times when we are busy taking a picture we are actually we're so focused on the technology side of it that we forget to appreciate the actual moment you know and the memories the, that the funny
1: treats. thing is so on my on my instagram or my facebook and i
0: actually hate facebook um <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a weird one or not just because is no I'm, I'm not fond of i i basically use social media for for business
1: Exactly, and I'm I'm actually even leaning away, like, even on the business side of it, okay, so, you're talking about living in the moment, there's a picture, you're taking, it's like, oh, what a beautiful picture, my wife and I have this thing, and she actually taught me this, she's like, let's actually live in the moment, forget the camera, what happens is, I take a picture, for example, you and I, we go hiking, there's this waterfall Yeah That nobody ever saw We spots, Hey cool You know And then the waterfall Disappeared yeah. Okay We take the picture Of it The only thing That that picture Is gonna do Is try to justify If anybody else Liked it as much As we did So you're gonna put this Let's say for example This is the best picture Let's show everyone On Instagram Two people like this picture Yeah That picture You're looking at, Only two people I really don't... You You, you kind of lost... Yeah, so that beautiful moment that you experience kind of gets lost or drowned in this hype of everything that you do must have a filter on it. It must be amped up. And even in my field of of art, I see people, they're painting sneakers, that thing's edited. I see people doing tattoos, that thing's edited. People are even singing... Outside, but they're not actually singing. It's recorded. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, so you got if the you best mic record. in the world, and you yeah. don't get no wind because your hair is blowing, but the sound is staying the same. And for me, it's like those things. It kind of takes the essence of, of it out. Um, then yeah. you kind of lose the art. That you that know, for you me. You know,
0: one thing I really want to do. Um, I must actually speak to some musicians uh, about it again. Um, so I saw there was a. Uh, there's, there's a brilliant composer now he's actually like one of my favourites of the new generation of composers Tigran, Tigran Hamasyan um, so he went up with a few musicians hiked top of a mountain got like this small mic this tiny little keyboard thing and, and they just they had like a jam session and recorded like proper recording up in the mountains I really want to do that
1: the yeah. essence of it, you're not gonna go come back home,
0: yeah.
1: add bird sounds because there weren't enough bird sounds on the mountain. And yeah, no, I'm you know, not gonna you, do you lose that. the essence, That yeah, You keep that essence. That that for me is the pure the pure stuff. Um, it's like even like now photography is a, a big thing. People are big into photography, yeah, right? Yeah. And for me, I'm like, what about the actual photographers? Because I know people who pick a lens up capture that thing on film one shot there's no chance to edit yeah, it there's yeah. no chance jo- to there's, touch there's this there's a up. lot of
0: you professionals that uh, they use older cameras and things and my thing is like, why are we so focused on
1: making people perceive we're not happy with what we did we must add something to it sometimes yeah. just be okay with you and it's something I'm yeah. learning because I also want to oh you know I to put the best picture on Instagram and put this and I'm like do I really need to do it? Am I, am I so like, if I have no, uh, how do I say that? What's the word that I can use? Do I not even see myself in such a high light that I have to kind of improve something or add a filter to my tattoos or do this thing to change that, which for me is actually, it's, it's, it's something that I'm walking away from and I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say oh I didn't do it I've had my times of, of doing this my problem with social media is there's too much to do in terms of algorithms and then you must post yeah. this time and, and I'm like that way I lose where I kind of lose it it's like I always tell people like for me if I post something and I want to get people to see it, like a lot and a lot of likes and stuff i posted. post it a hashtag this certain thing and i put a million hashtags and I'll probably get about my average likes on Instagram is between like 100 and 300, okay? That's where yeah. that's where it well, is. You
0: get more than me. You know?
1: And <laughs> yeah. the funny thing with it is of those things, all of it is so, like I had to work so hard. Justin Bieber could put a picture of a blue dot on Instagram, okay? <laughs> And there'll be 10 billion Mm -hmm. likes on this this thing. Yeah. He could do it just for fun. like, I'll show you. I'll just put this blue dot. And people will like it because our minds are so... Oh, it's just in people like, just like, like. And then the person who's actually trying or who's actually doing something, who's not famous, won't get that because it's about the popular side of it. You need to be yeah. this person. You need to be that person. I,
0: th- I think our eye of beauty has been warped so yeah. much. And, it, and it's, it's I, I would actually say it's, the um, thing of, of, of marketing and exploiting the human as a person uh, to sell something yeah. that has really warped that perception.
1: That's so strange because that's, that's so sad. Every time, every single time, If I'm in a celebrity's company, if I'm tattooing someone and they're around, I'm always around them. I kid you not. I'd never disrespect them so much that I have to use them, number one. I have to use, let's say, a famous South African celebrity. I have to put there. oh, tattooed this person. Is my work justified because I tattooed a celebrity? Or did you like my work because you actually like my work? You see, there's a big difference. And in, in where we are, unfortunately sex sells so i could tattoo a girl and put a picture of her tattoo that was on a hip and she's in a bikini and get a million likes and put something that i actually did which was great and get very few likes it's such a disheartening thing because it will break people and that's where a lot of artists i think suffer the most so whether you be a dancer whether you be a musician all forms of art become suffering because What we do, we do for other people to look at. That's the unfortunate thing with being an artist. Mm